0: I left my glasses at home, so I'm going to have to preach without notes. Um, I've got Belinda's glasses, so don't laugh at me when I put them on. (laughs) Alex, I'll test them now. Brett, I need glasses, man. Anyway, we'll see. I'm, I'm not past that point yet where I'm completely uh, blind. I do want to keep um, conscious of conscious of the time. It's 9 o'clock. I need to get you out here before 11. Um, so, <laughs> uh, let me pray. <laughs> yeah, Lord Jesus, um, where would we be without you, God? So, Father, I just pray this morning, uh, by the power of your Spirit, Would you work in us and amongst us and through us, God. And I pray, Father, that even by your Spirit, you would be working on hearts to soften and to open eyes to see the glory and the goodness and and the majesty of who you are and your kindness to us, God. Father, even this morning, work it in us. We pray this in your precious name, Jesus. Amen and amen. So this morning... I want to speak about joy. Joy. Um, So as Christians, believers, we should be the happiest people on this planet. Turn to the person next to you and say, we should be the happiest people on the planet. (laughs) The happiest people on the planet. And I'm going to just go through why we should be the happiest people on the planet. We are the happiest people on the planet. And I'm not talking about a, a fake happy. Who watched The Simpsons when they were younger? Okay, the four of us. Um, so in, in The Simpsons, there was a character, he was Christian, called, called Flanders, Ned Flanders. And Ned Flanders was one of those fake happy Christians. I think they, they were abusing the character just to mock Christians, but he was this Oakley dokly like, happy neighbor. Um, so when I'm talking about us being the happiest people on the planet, I'm not talking about a fake happy and a Ned Flanders happy. I remember when I was unsaved and, and totally unredeemed, everything that came out of my mouth was false and disgust, and my, my whole life was that, but anywho. Um, Belinda, we were invited to go to an Alpha course, so an Introduction to Christianity, and I went there, and I was totally unsaved, totally not looking for the Lord. Um, and we were greeted by these very happy Christian people. Um, and then I left there, and I said, I'm never going back. So she said, why? I said, they're, just, they're all just so fake happy. Why are they all so happy? Um, and I couldn't. But here I am, 20-odd years later, talking about us happy Christians. Um <laughs> The Lord is um, the Lord is kind, and when I was prepping for this, James asked me, "What are you going to preach about?" I said, "Joy." He said, geez, "Aren't you the example?" <laughs> uh, but then I went along with that. I'm like, "Yeah, it is, this is going to be—it is a joy." I don't think there's anyone that wakes up in the morning full of joy and the love of the Lord, but we're going to talk about that shortly. Um, so, what is and um, you know, when I speak about joy and happiness, guys are saying like, oh, well, happiness is not the same as joy. So happiness is dependent very much on our circumstance, what's going on around us. When we, run the, when we win the World Cup, we're all super happy. Um, you know, you've got a new car or you've got an increase, you've got lots of money in the bank, uh, you're going on holiday, things are just working out circumstantially makes us super happy, super excited about those things. That is happiness. And joy would be this deep, inner peace, excitement about the things that are eternal. So I want to say that joy, and this is your, the phrase you're going to walk out with this morning, joy is a heavenly happiness. So turn to the person next to you and ask them, are you heavenly happy? Heavenly happy. So we can all be sometimes Our emotions, in terms of being earthly happy, they come and go. But being heavenly happy is something that we have to cultivate and nurture and stir up and posture ourselves to remain heavenly happy. Joy. Heavenly happy. We need to be, because we are His, we need to be heavenly happy and find that happiness in Him as a people. To reflect that Jesus says that we are the light of the world a city on a hill and we have to reflect that light we cannot reflect heavenly grumpy <laughs> um and as i said it's not it's not something that you stir up or conjure up in a fake kind of way but when you have revelation of what he's done and revelation of who you are and who he is and who, and, and the revelation that you've been that you're known by him uh, it stirs something up in you despite circumstance. And I'm not saying um, when we're going through tests and trials and we all go through those things. This world is really hard. Jesus says this world is hard. You're going to have trouble. But I've overcome the world. And when things are hard, we can still remember, even through this thing, I can be heavenly happy. I can find joy in this situation. And there's many things that fuel our joy, um, our hope in Him. Um, there's, there's a peace that comes. But joy is something that I can hold on to going okay, God, um, there is something more to what's going on in earth, uh, what's going on in the temporary. Amen. So that is heavenly happiness, having an eternal perspective. It's a settled assurance a knowing that God is in control of all the details of my life. I've been reading this book, and I had this revelation. Um, Okay, I'm going ahead of my notes. Let me get back to my notes here. Um, So I'm going to quickly remind us why we should be the happiest, joyful people on the planet. The first reason, Titus 3, verses 3 to 7. I'm heavenly happy because of the good news that I've been born again. That is enough to sustain me in the toughest times. Titus 3, and this Titus 3, verse 3 to 7. Um, Kira, can you leave this up for me just as I go through it? At one time, we too were foolish We were disobedient, we were deceived, we were enslaved by all kinds of passions and pleasures. We lived in malice and envy, and we were being hated and hating one another. But when the kindness and the love of God, our Savior, appeared, when the kindness and the love of God, our Savior, appeared, He saved us. Not because of the righteous things we had done, but because of His mercy. He saved us through the washing of rebirth. He's washed you by the rebirth, the renewing by the Holy Spirit, who is poured out on us generously through Jesus Christ our Savior. So then, having been justified by His grace, we might become heirs, having the hope of eternal life. That is the reason for heavenly happiness, that we have been given an eternal hope. We've been made heirs of the things that, have we, that we've been promised. Praise the Lord. And I love this, this portion of Scripture where it says that it's his, his, when the kindness and the love of God our Savior appeared. The kindness and the love of God our Savior. Um, the revelation of Him being perfect Love, and having that revelation when He appears to you, this perfect love, God who was in perfect fellowship with Jesus, His Son, perfect fellowship, who loves Jesus dearly, was prepared to let His Son go and take the price for our sin. He was prepared to let His Son, who He loved so much, come and give His life as a ransom for us. And Jesus, who is also perfect in love, in perfect unity with the Father, who loves the Father, was prepared to lay his life down for us because of his kindness and his goodness and his mercy. And these are the things that keep us rooted in a heavenly happiness. Um, Ephesians 2 verse 12 says, at that time that you were separate from Christ, and he's speaking to the Jews um, and the Gentiles, sorry. Remember that at that time you were separate from Christ, excluded from citizenship in Israel, and you were foreigners to the covenants of the promise. Without hope, and without God in this world. Without Him, there is no hope. Without God, there is no hope. And think about the hope that you have now, that before you came to know Him and before you were known by Him, you were hopeless. And if you're here this morning and you don't have that hope yet, if you haven't fully surrendered and filled your heart with Him and His Spirit, I trust this morning that you're going to leave, walk out of here filled with a hope, knowing that you have an opportunity to come and, and um, be made right with God and be filled with hope and be filled with the heavenly happiness that I'm speaking about. <clears throat> 1, Peter 8, 1 Peter 1 verse 8 and 9 says, Though you have not seen Him, you love Him, and even though you do not see Him now, you believe in Him, and you are filled with an inexpressible and glorious joy because you are receiving the end result of your faith, the salvation of your souls. That is why we have an inexpressible joy, because we're receiving the the goal of our faith. The goal of our faith is not a better life now. The goal of our faith is the salvation of our souls, that eternal hope, that promise that one day we'll be with Him in glory for eternity. The goal of our faith, you're receiving the goal of our faith, the salvation of your soul. So, why should we be the happiest people on earth? Because we've been born again. We've been saved. It's His kindness and His love that has gripped our hearts. The second reason is because we're now citizens of heaven. Citizens of heaven adopted in, heirs to an inheritance that can never spoil, perish, or fade. We've been born again. We're citizens of heaven. And the third reason why, because I want to rush through these to get to my final points. The third reason why we should be the happiest people on the planet is because we've been filled with the Holy Spirit. woo Ephesians 1, verse 13 to 14 says this. You were also included in Christ when you heard the message of truth, the gospel of your salvation when you believed. You were marked with Him. You were marked in Him with a seal, the promised Holy Spirit, who is a deposit guaranteeing our inheritance until the redemption of those who are God's possessions. To the praise of His glory. You are marked with Him with a seal of the Holy Spirit, the the, the guarantee that you are His. Um, And the Holy Spirit not only is a seal and a mark and a guarantee, but it also gives us the power. And I love it when Paul preaches to the Corinthians. He says, I didn't just come to you with words. And even this morning, that the, the Word of God is powerful to transform our hearts. It's the power of God for salvation. The word of truth by the power of the Spirit, and it gives all of us the Holy Spirit power, which enables us to live a life of heavenly happiness, and enables us to walk this thing out. And um, in Timothy, 2 Timothy 1, verse 7, it says that you haven't been given a spirit that shrinks back, a spirit of timidity, but you've been given a spirit of love and of power and of sound mind. That's for each one of us. It's a promise for each one that is born again, that He would fill you and give you the Spirit on an ongoing basis, that you haven't been given a spirit of timidity or a spirit that shrinks back, but of boldness and courage, a people that, despite circumstance, despite what's going on in the world, we can endure, we can persevere, we can hope, and we can be filled with joy. Come on, somebody. Um, so I want to just speak on that thing the, the the spirit of sound mind. So why should we be the happiest people because we've been born again, we've been we become citizens of heaven, we're adopted in, we have an inheritance, we're heirs and we've been filled with the spirit of God which gives us power which the world does not have. Before you born again, before I was born again, I didn't have any of that. I didn't have hope, I didn't have power to transform, uh, to be redeemed, to walk in the ways of the Lord. Um, that's the why. Why should I be happy? How? How do I cultivate this fruit of joy? One of the fruits of the spirit is joy, love, joy, peace, patience. So how do I cultivate that thing? So the spirit that we've been given, that gives us a spirit of self-control, it enables us to set our minds on things above. Um, one, no, it's Colossians three. So how do I do it? How do I stay joyful? Because who here wakes up in the morning full of joy? I want to see those hands. Every morning full of joy. Praise the Lord. So now next week, I'm going to do another survey, and I'm trusting for multiplication of that gift of joy. The fruit of the Holy Spirit needs to be cultivated, that we wake up remembering. We have to apply our minds to this thing. Prepare your mind for action. Uh, I think Romans says that we're transformed by the renewing of our minds. So when we're born again, we, there is a joy knowing that we're saved. I remember being saved and, and walking in this, this love of the Lord for like the honeymoon phase, just aware of well, what I've been saved from. But to keep that, that joy, it needs to be fed and cultivated. I need to be in the Word. I need to be worshiping. I need to be praying. I need to be setting my mind on things above. Um, Set your hearts on things above. Set your minds on things above. How do you do that? How do you set your mind and your heart on things that are eternal? So it is taking responsibility for how am I going to invest my time now. Making time to spend in the presence of the Lord, seeking His face. Making time. If If we don't set our hearts and our minds on things above, the things of the world, the worries of the world will come and they'll take its place. They'll fill your 24-hour day. All you need to do is you take your eyes off Him, and you watch, and you look around what's going on. Circumstance, bad relationships, bad attitudes, um, nasty people, hard work, hard jobs, and this thing. I think uh, the parable of the sower, Jesus says, the seed that falls on rocky ground... um, They receive the word with joy, but as soon as the hardships of life come, um, that seed is um, dead. All the life is choked out of it. And it's the same that for us, even though we're born again. If you're not positioning yourself to see the things of eternity, the heavenly things, what are the heavenly things? You have to go there in your heart and your mind in faith. You have to go into the heavenly places, the heavenly spaces and places, the spaces, You have to go there with your heart and your mind to the realm that we can't see. And I want to quickly talk, there's two ways. The heavenly, the heavenly places consist of two things. Heavenly ways, so the ways of the kingdom, those are the, the, the rules, let's say, God's ways is you obey my commandments. Jesus says, if you obey my commandments, you'll be filled with joy. John 15, verse 10 to 11, it says, if you keep my commandments, means if you walk in the ways of the king and the kingdom, you'll be a, you will abide in my love. You'll stay in a place that is safe and secure in him. Just as I have kept my father's commandments and abide in his love. And these things I've spoken to you that my, my, that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete or your joy may be full. So there is a heavenly way for us to walk in, but then there is also, so not only the ways of heaven, but also the glory of heaven. When you focus your things and your attention on the glory of heaven, what will heaven be like? And I think sometimes we live too, many, too much in the commandments of God, the ways of the kingdom, and not the glory of the kingdom. The glory of the kingdom. What is he going to, what's it going to be like? Paul says that in a twinkling of an eye, in the twinkling of an eye, we're in his presence. And Jesus said to his disciples, they're like, Oh, Lord, demons are even uh, obedient to your name. And we're casting out demons in your name. They were super excited, super heavenly happy. And he said, Don't be happy about the, the demons listening to you. Be happy that your name is written in the book of life. Be happy that on that day, on that great and dreadful day, be happy that your name is written in the Lamb's book of life. Because on that day when you appear in glory... Your body that is perishable is raised imperishable. Your body that is sown to death in weakness, gets sick and it dies, all of us. Some of us, it might be a bit more sudden, and some of us, it might be gradual. But we're all sown perishable, and we're raised imperishable in glory. That means we're, what we see in part now, we're going to see in full. When we're loving in part now, in our own brokenness, and our own... Um, small way of what love could be like in that moment we're going to love fully we're going to be loved fully by him and we're going to see his face fully and we need to see we need to live in that place where we're seeing the heavenly things the glory of heaven, the glory of heaven to keep us heavenly happy does it make sense so we see his word and we obey his command and in 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 obeying his command there's a fullness of joy but when we see His face and we think of the glory of who He is, and the revelation I wanted to speak about earlier, I'll slow down. The revelation I had was just on the, on the bigness of God. You know, the Word says that um, he, he has created the universe. So He's outside of the universe, that everything is held together in Him. And I saw that. I'm like, Lord, if the if the universe is being created by you, and it is in you, and God is able to step outside of all of this, the universe, and He is fully in control, and has spoken the universe into being by the power of His word, what is He like? What is He? What is He? And I'm like, and then I think, for me to start worrying about these things that are so temporary. And I have to see him. I'm like, God, everything is in you. It's been created by you and for you and through you. What am I doing worrying about this little 80 years, hopefully, on the planet? And why am I holding on to the things that are temporary, that, have got, that are completely insignificant in relation to the eternity and the things that are eternal? I lift my eyes to see him. I'm like, God, oh, God. And when I look at his creation, I look for us to look at even how like the imagination to create the, all these animals and insects. And I'm like, what is he? And we're going to see him fully, fully known. And we're going to experience this perfect love. God is love. Everything that is lovely comes out of him. Everything that is perfect, that is truth, that is good and noble comes out of him. It's his nature. What is he like? And why would he give up his son to save us? Yeah, it's, we want to be heavenly happy for those reasons. And why would we want to see our friends and our family not have their names written in the Lamb's Book of Life? Why would you give up an inheritance and an eternity so that you could live this crappy life? Sorry, you edited that out. <laughs> Did you know what I'm trying to say? <laughs> Is there another word I could have used? <laughs> we need to see this. We need to be a people that are the happiest people on the planet. Because of these things, because of the hope we have, our God that we have, our Father that we have, is that good? Does it stir up a heavenly happiness inside of you? Because it does me. You know, the Word says that, it's in 1 Corinthians 2 verse 9, it says, no eye has seen and no ear has heard and no human mind has conceived the things that God has prepared for those that love Him. You cannot comprehend. We, we have to see, believe this, that it is going to melt your face off your face. You know, you know that Jesus, for a reason, He said, no man can see God and live. No man can see God and live. It's because He'll melt your face off your face. He's it's, it's just not like us. And we need this perishable body needs to go into the ground so that the imperishable, that we can be raised in glory and be like Him, so that we don't get obliterated because of His beauty and His presence and, he, and who He is and what He is. And I'm going to re- land with this thing. Romans 8, verse 5 to 9. Those who live according to the flesh have their minds set on what the flesh desires. They relish the things of the flesh, the things that concern merely the present life, having no relish for spiritual and eternal things. Those that, that are super excited about everything that is temporary, and that's where their heart lives and longs for every day. We long for the good stuff and the gadgets and the, the nice things of life. And those who live according to the flesh have their minds set on what the flesh desires. But those who live in accordance with the Spirit have their minds set on what the Spirit desires. The mind governed by the flesh is death. But the mind governed by the Spirit is life and peace and holy happiness. The mind governed by the flesh is hostile to God. It does not submit to God's law, and nor can it do so. And those who are in the realm of the flesh cannot please God. You've got to choose. And, and I love that. He sets before us life and death, blessing and cursing, and he says, choose life. In him there is life. Those who are in the realm of the flesh cannot please God. You, however, are not in the realm of the flesh, but are in the realm of the Spirit, if indeed the Spirit of God lives in you. If anyone does not have the Spirit of Christ, they do not belong to Christ. We need to be a people, a happiest people on the planet, a light, the light of the world, a city on a hill, because we know Him who has saved us. We know Him. We we, we have a faith and assurance of an eternity with Him, a salvation that is secure in what Jesus has done for us. Amen. Let's stand. So I want to just pray. Um, Tony, could we get your... Let's just close our eyes. You know, this morning, even as uh, you've heard the Word of God, I I want to talk to those of you, one of you, two of you, many of you, that don't, that haven't given their all to the King. They haven't surrendered their lives to Jesus. They haven't um, weighed this thing up. They haven't even given it any thought of what is going to happen to me when I die. Am I sure that my name is written in the Lamb's book of life? Am I sure that when I stand before him one day, he's not going to say to me, depart from you, I did not know you. Depart from me, I did not know you. You've never before him and said, Lord, I'm done with my sin. I'm done with my old life. Please forgive me. Thank you for the free gift of salvation. Thank you, God. All I have to do is receive it. If you if you're here this morning and you have not received the gift of salvation, if you have not turned towards him, I want to pray for you this morning that even now, The Spirit of God would be working in your heart and convicting you to turn to God, to be reconciled to God, to accept the free gift of salvation, the price that has been paid for you by the blood that Jesus has sacrificed on the cross. So if that's you this morning, if if this morning you want to declare, Lord, I'm yours. I'm yours, God, this morning. I give, you, I give you my life. I surrender, God. I give up. I give up, God. I'm yours. If that's you this morning, could you raise your hand right now? I want to see where you are, and I would love to pray with you. Cool <clears throat> Awesome. Awesome. There's, there's a hand there. Father, thank you. I thank you for I thank you for salvation, God. And then I want to pray. Just Kubis, um, we're going to pray for you just now. Um, for the rest of us, just if you have let the worries of the world choke the seed, you've taken your eyes off the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. You've taken your eyes off the things that are eternal, um, and you, you're feeling battered and wounded and bruised and Um, I want to just pray. I want to pray for you this morning. If that's you, could you also just raise your hand, just as an act of faith. Lord, this morning, I want to grow in faith. I want to lift my eyes to see you. Right, there's many hands going up, many hands. We're going to pray this prayer together. Father, I pray for every hand here that is raised, God. Would you even restore the shield of faith, God? the shield of faith, God, that extinguishes the fiery darts of the enemy, Father. And would you stir up a faith in each one of them that they would see the things that are eternal, God, the realm that you live in, that you, that you control everything in the universe, God. Stir up their faith to believe the King of kings and the Lord of lords. Father, I pray against any scheme of the enemy right now to distract them, God, and to fill them with unbelief and to, to lower their eyes, to just look on what's going on around them. Father, would you, um, would you restore their sight, God? Would you restore a heavenly happiness in them, Father, that they would be filled with the joy, knowing that they belong to the King? Yeah. Fill them with faith, God, by the power of your Spirit. Even now, Lord, that your Spirit would fill their hearts with an assurance of salvation, God, an assurance that you're in control. And these things around us are temporary, Lord. Give us hearts and eyes and and vision and minds to to ponder on the things that are eternal, God. The, The glory that we'll have with you, God, as we see you face to face and that we live with each other for eternity, God. Bless you, Lord. Bless you, God.